So, Tone, it's time to talk about our big show in April. Uh, first, I want to give a big thanks to Schedulicity and to Cosmoprof Beauty for, for uh, sponsoring the show. Um, yeah, and Maryland, April 7th and 8th. That's right. So uh, we're actually doing a show and classes, and we have the amazing Presley Poe and her friends. So tell us about her friends. Oh, we have Blushing Maine, Sarah Jane Maples. Who, who just, just won an aha. Uh-huh. She sure did. We got Updo Guru, Casey Powell, for uh, those amazing bobby pin sculptures. It's amazing, right? Yeah. And from uh, Project Runway, we have Jackie and Lynn coming in, and they're going to um, show some uh, editorial work on the stage. And, and, and Lynn does the, fans. And Lynn does the quickest updos in the world, so he's going to teach some of that as well. But then tell them what's happening right before the show. Uh, right before the show and right after the show, we have Johnny Cash, Livingston, doing some tattoo barbering brother yeah and he's open for questions and stuff too so you know if you have any questions while you watch him work yes sir up close and personal also uh another big thanks to uh to cosmoprof for sponsoring the uh shadow presley poe and we're gonna have the winner there yep miss stephanie dot p dot hair yeah so uh you'll get a chance to meet her as well and a big shout out to our boy ben mullen ben mullen yeah he's gonna MC the whole event can't wait to hear him so, again, all information will be available at PresleyPoeAndFriends.com. Check it out. Check out the classes, and uh, it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, sit with my buddy Tony. What's up, Tony? What's going on, homie? <laughs> you, man. What's up? Oh, man. Another morning with uh, one of my favorite uh, cast members here. I know, right? Uh, Miss Nina Tulio. You know, I'm glad you did it because you know how to mess it up again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mess up her name every time she corrects me. Yeah, man. I mean, every time we talk to her, she's just dropping all kind of nuggets, bro. I know. I love it. Some of them not giving you mine. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about her today. So, so I mean, we're. I think we're just going to kind of have a real conversation, like, um, like, uh, just to give people like a kind of BTS or behind the scenes. Like when we did our very first podcast together, after the podcast was over. We just started to have a really great conversation about the industry and stuff, and 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 that just went into um, into our belief systems and 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 um, kind of like our failures and how and how we've ex- um, accept those or how we don't accept those, you know. But um, just to kind of uh, just to kind of get into that conversation, I just thought it was a neat conversation or that one that we should have. So we don't even really know where this conversation is going to go. We just know that 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 the conversation that we had off there was just. Yeah, and she has this this thing on failure and belief systems and uh, mm-hmm. just how to help you with that. Love it. Let's right. get in. Let's do it. Miss <laughs> Nina, once again, welcome, welcome back to your day off. Hello. I feel like I'm, I live here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you. I'm moving in. Thank you so much for having we'll me. adopt you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tammy Pasquarelli, is that her name? She's a comedian. She has the greatest joke. Anyways, the punchline is like, Rednecks don't kill you. They keep you. So I think we're going to keep me. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, Neen, let's, let's, uh, let's jump in. Tell us about today's uh, message. Yeah, let's get into it. So, yeah, after we did our last podcast, you know, the three of us just started talking about failure and success and, you know, the things that we, 
you know, our own belief systems and how at times that holds us back from being our best self and just the things that we are taught over time and, and the things that we, we learn and absorb. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in that thing, you know, when we, when something happens to us, when we go through something that's trying, um, especially when, you know, when we're young and we're growing up, we store all of that, right? We keep that with us and it shapes who we are. And a lot of times if we don't work through it and we don't um, talk through it and we don't kind of um, muster through some of that stuff, it could really end up hindering our future and our success and, and the way that we think about who we are and who we think we should be. Yeah. I mean, I think like the biggest thing with failure and, and I think and this is actually funny, but I, I think we've kind of failed as the human experience is that, is that failure is not a setback, right? Mm -hmm. Failure is a learning experience, you know? So, so how we, how, if we, if we treat it as a learning experience, I think it's much easier to kind of um, move forward from that. Um, as opposed to letting it hold you back. Right. But I mean, in, in that case that instead of calling it a failure, mm -hmm. you call it a learning experience, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you got to change the delivery of how you said someone, you sure. know, not necessarily fail. Right. But I mean, well, I mean, and, and what we'll get into next too, is like the belief systems and, and what your belief systems are is, is, is determines how one uh, approaches that. It's true. Yeah, I think, well, you know, when we talk about failure, I think so it's, I think in order for us to get to where we want to be, we have to, and, and appreciate where we are, right? Because we have to, you know, and feel grateful. You have to have some bumps along the road. If everything was just perfect and peachy keen and smooth, you know, when we would reach that level of ultimate, ultimate success, you know, and that means something different for you than it does for me. Um, and for everybody, we wouldn't be grateful. We wouldn't be as thankful and as appreciative. So I think the failure is a way to, like you said, it's to teach us lessons, but it's also a way of showing us how strong we are too. You know, we made it through and now we're going to actually, every step that we take is getting us to that desired level of success. And, and not only in business, but just in, you know, in life in general. I mean, I think business is just a reflection of life in general. You know, however you deal with it in life is, is how your business is going to deal with it as well. So, and not be afraid of it, embrace it, right? Learn from it and embrace it. Like, mm -hmm. cause you know, that's just another uh, stepping stone to get where you want to go. A hundred percent. So Nina, put you on the hot seat a little bit. Okay. Like where, um, do you want to talk about some of, uh, some of, some of your learning opportunities? where do I start? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think, yeah, there's a, there were a couple pivotal moments in, in my life and in my, and in my career that really shaped, shaped me mm -hmm. and going back and looking, I would never, I would not trade not one single moment of those failures. If, if you will, I wouldn't trade them because I think it's, it's having the mindset knowing that I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. And everything that happened before got me there. 
So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thankful for that. In terms of my own failures, I mean, I'm very open about talking about my business in terms of how I, I almost closed my business twice before my fifth year. And I made a lot of mistakes within my business. I got in over my head. I spent a lot of money on marketing and advertising that wasn't um, you know, giving me any return on my investment. Um, I had some poor planning. And I, my expectations for my business were set so high that I almost set myself up to fail. And I think, you know, bringing the expectations down a little bit and being realistic is, is one of the the things that I've learned and things don't happen overnight. I'm not a patient person. If you know me, you know that I'm not patient at all. I want everything to happen right now. And I learned how to be a little bit more patient in the process because, um, we don't have control over the timeline of things, but we do have control over the action that we take to get us there. And when I almost closed my business, I'm telling you, it was probably, um, it was, I'm going to say one of the most difficult times that I had because I had stylists that were working for me and I, you know, as an owner and as a leader of a business, they livelihood dependent on me opening my business so they can feed their children and pay their mortgages and pay their car payments. That's heavy. And the thought of disappointing them, um, it's getting me, it's getting me choked up because, and you know, I've, I've sold my business a few years ago, but just, and and I love them. They were like my kids and I, I still keep in contact with my team, but, um, just the thought of disappointing them was what drove me to, dig deeper inside myself and keep going, you know, and, and change my approach a little bit in the way I was running my business. And really, like I mentioned before, self-assessing and saying, you got to own your own shit. Like you're the leader of this business. Like get off your, you know, whatever you're on right now and get your shit together and start running this business. Like, you know, you know how to do. And it was having that conversation with myself and getting a plan of action in place and really taking heavy action that really turned around my business for me on, on both occasions. And, um, I just learned, I learned that I was a lot stronger than I thought I was. And I'll tell you what, the way that I ran my business after the second time, the first time I almost closed my business was year one. And, um, the second time was in the recession. So 2007 and again, poor choices on on my part, but also the recession hit. So it was like a double whammy. And I had a, I had a, a nice man who ended up taking a risk on me and allowed me to, you know, during all of this, I literally had no money. I had to sell my home to keep my business. And it was my choice to do that. My credit was shot because I got in so much debt and he owned a building that was a salon that I had my eye on. And in the midst of all of this going on, I said to my mom, I'm moving the salon into a bigger location and I'm going to grow the hell out of this business. And she was like, huh, you're crazy. Oh my God. You know, she thought I was nuts for doing this. And because that guy, that man ended up taking a risk on me and, you know, allowed me to move into his building and take over that, the lease in that space and renovate that space and drop the rent for me so I could afford it. So I could get in there, man, that was, um, it was one of those moments too, where I was like, wow, this is like a gift. 
You know, this is my journey. I had to go through that so I could appreciate him and what he was doing for me. And it was, it was definitely a very pivotal time. And when we moved into that space, we rocked it. I got a new team. I was like Waldo. I was out networking. I was everywhere. I was all over the place and my team was out networking and I I had better systems and I just started to believe in myself again. And um, yeah, the business grew year over year. I mean, it was just, it, it was incredible. That's amazing. I want to, I kind of want to bring you back, 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 back to the beginning of being a leadership, a leader. Um, and you mentioned that, uh, that your expectations were too high and, mm-hmm. um, how were you as a boss? Cause I couldn't imagine, I, I could imagine that, and this isn't necessarily talking about Nina, but if somebody's expectations are really high, the pressure that they must've put under them to, to, to then to, so you could reach your expectations. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, and like, what was that learning curve like? So I realized that no matter how you, you try to like put your brave face on for your team and your clients, they see through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, it was, it was putting an enormous amount of stress. I believe at that time I only had one stylist, um, before we moved into the other location, um, and, and maybe a part-timer, but it was incredibly stressful for them because I'm, I'm a big believer. And as the leader, you set the tone for your business. So if you're unhappy, if you're questioning yourself, if you're doubting yourself, if you're struggling, um, that trickles down to the stylist and then also to the, to the clients and it was, it was kind of like, Hey, you know, um, you've got to make some changes here because this is not only affecting you now you're affecting other people. And so it was that lesson where I was kind of like, okay, I don't have to be perfect, but I have to recognize that how I show up every day impacts other people in a major, major way. Boom. Love, love, love this. I kind of, I, I don't know, again, I don't know if this is the opportunity or not, but I kind of want to address a couple of things. And um, it came up on, uh, it came up on social media a few weeks ago. So um, let's get into it a little bit. Um, like we hear a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff like stylists, supporting stylists or, you know, to do this. And, and I think what happens is there's two perspectives, two perspectives of it. And I don't know if it's an age thing or whatever, but you know, a lot of times when it's like stylists supporting stylists, it's like the first perspective is like, how are you supporting me? Right. And then there comes this turn, this, then there becomes this turn where it's like, how can I help you? Right. It's the same. And you're asking two different questions with the exact same phrase, right? Like stylist helping stylists or stylist for stylists or whatever, you know, you see the hashtags all the time, but, but I kind of want to like, let, let, let's talk that through a little bit. And again, and the other one that comes to me and it's the exact same thing is you only live once, right? Like when you're young, you only live once. It's like, let's party all we can. Cause we only live once. And then when you get older, you're like, you only live once, settle down, yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Don't, don't, don't burn at both ends, yeah. you know, but, um, but do you have any opinions about that or thoughts about that? So that's a hard one for me because I don't like, if I, I just support people because that's just who I am. Right. I don't expect anything in return. I think there's a big movement in our industry right now where stylists are really supporting each other because they want to collab. They know that there's um, more power in numbers. And I think they're doing it because they're, they genuinely want to help other people. Uh, and I believe that organically, when you help other people, then you receive help, right? You receive um, little gifts along the way, but it's not doing it because you're looking for them. That's a whole other conversation. I think we can sense, you know, as adults, we get that sense where we know when someone's just being genuine about helping others and serving others because we're in a service-based business, that's 
who we are and what we do. But we also can get a sense of someone is trying to support you or help you because they want to get something out of it. There's a difference. I, 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 I'm not real big on aligning myself with people who are looking for opportunities. I want to align myself with people who genuinely love to support other people. If they get nothing back, they get nothing back. Like that's just kind of how I function. And I think we attract who we are, you know? So um, if you're that kind of person, then that's who you're, you know, you're going to attract. Let's build a team of those kind of people. Yes. You know, let's take over the industry. Right. You know, we're just like good, kind, <laughs> nice people who are, who are there for you instead of uh, there for themselves. Yeah. That would be amazing. That would be great. You know, I know, I know last time that we talked, we talked a little bit about belief systems and, um, and, you know, once you've made that decision to, and I don't really even know how to articulate this. So I'll, I'll try though. I'm looking for the room for support here, guys. <laughs> um, is that, is that, you know, once we decide that we're going to change, then it, it can take years to kill that person that you decided to change from. You know, what's that quote? Like a uh, change happens when the change is easier than, than, than the shit you're living in or something mm -hmm. like that. You know, yeah. when that becomes when that change. It, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that is phrased, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Like yeah, so change happens when the change is easier than where you are, or where you stand or something, something like, that. something like that. But, but where you stand and where you are, you have a lifetime of belief systems that led you there. So, you know, I, I certainly know in, in, in the big, you know, polar moments in my life that we kind of had to move past that person. Right. And that, that's way more difficult than the decision to change. hundred percent, you know, is to kill that. Cause it, it like, I, I know one instance where it took me years. Like when I quit, I'll tell you the story. So when I quit drinking, like, who am I, you know, because I always set myself up as the party guy, the guy that wanted to hang out and stuff. And then, you know, once I quit drinking, it was like, it took me like four years to kind of figure out, again, who I was, but, you know, the first month, it just wasn't there. I didn't know where I fit. And, 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 you know, I was struggling with a lot of that, that kind of stuff, you know? Um, so it was actually this guy here that helped me through it, believe it or not. Now I'm going to get emotional, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, here's the story is that, is that, um, I, I, I kind of positioned myself as this party guy that wanted to hang out and have fun. And look, I'm crying. You see it. So, um, but I could I, I could never understand why, like, if I was in a room, why people didn't take me as serious as they took Tony. You know, when Tony walks into a room, he has this presence and people want to be with him and, and, and they respect him just from him being in the room. And I never understood that. Um, and it took me literally like four or five years for me to kind of like understand that because nobody respects the party guy. Mm. Right. They, they, oh. they, 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 they respect that that guy that settled into the ground. And, and, and it took me about another 10 years for me to kind of find that person. And, I, and I'm never to where Tony is, but it, it took That's me like true, man. You here we are. We're going to have a, like a little cry fest here. <laughs> no, that's not true. I mean, yeah, you want my perspective. It's true. Right. Yeah. But you, you are the person right now that you're just one big giant heart. Mm -hmm. You just follow just the, the way people respond to you on Instagram or, or just social media or, or this whole industry, the way they're responding to you is because you're one big giant heart. Well, I love you for that. Thank you, brother. Love you, bro. Um, Ryan, I need tissues. Right, <laughs> we all do, man. But um, but yeah, but it, it took again, you know, to 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 kind of bring it full circle. Like it took me a lot of years to figure that out, and and you know that was that was you know some of the biggest struggles in my life, you know, and like it wasn't necessarily outwardly struggles, but it was certainly internally internal struggles, you know. And but because of that too, you know, I'm a much better dad. I'm a much better father. Um, 
dad, father. I'm a much better husband because of it, because, you know, I could kind of kill that guy. Right. You know, that guy that wasn't doing any positive in my life, you know, but it, it, it took a long, long time. And, you know, even to what Tony was saying, like, and this is really funny, actually, is that um, in 2015, I was asked to officiate somebody's wedding. Hmm. And that was the big boom for me, because I knew that guy that I tried to kill you know, when I was 29, he would have never been asked to, to, to be responsible for somebody's, uh, for somebody's most important day. And, 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 and that, that was my like, aha, like I've arrived sort of like I've arrived, you know what I mean? Like, like I've arrived and, and I got to tell you, and because of that, because of that officiating the wedding, like that's why we're here today. I mean, that's why we have the podcast. That's why it, it gave me so much confidence that, that I was on the right path that I knew that I could now push forward. I know, I know, I, I no longer had to look at the path. I could look, I, I could look ahead. Right. I love that. I love this whole conversation. And I have to say too, and I have to agree with Tony with the, with you and your heart. I mean, that's just one of the things that, you know, just from our first conversation, you know, I, I just feel that from you. Um, and, you know, not even knowing, you know, what your past was, uh, you know, and I, and I value you and appreciate you so much more for that. I think we all have a story and we all have struggle. And I, I love that you, you say that you have to kind of put that, you know, you got to kill off that person. Right. But I think in what I've learned in all my years of therapy, you know, I think it's important therapy works for me. I've been in therapy since I'm 21 years old on and off. Um, and I think it's so important to talk about things, to kind of find who we are um, with someone who doesn't is, you know, non-biased, right. You know, family members and friends. And one of the most profound moments that I had in one of my sessions, because she asked me, constantly well what are you what are you looking for what are you searching for what are you and she kept asking me and I'm like what's up with this baby she keeps asking me the question well I said I'm looking for peace and she said to me peace happens internally when you find acceptance when you accept who you are flaws and all and I think it's accepting our struggle accepting our story accepting our pain accepting our past because it is a part of us, right? And then we put that person to bed, right? It's kind of like shedding a layer of skin, like a snake, you know, you're kind of like shedding that skin. And now this new shiny person arrives, but without all of that first, we wouldn't be able to shed that skin. So acceptance is a big part of it. And I think, you know, if, if you come from um, any kind of uh, uh, turmoil or, um, abuse or, or anything like that and, and things that you know, I, I can relate to in my own life. I think it is accepting all of that and then placing it and then allowing yourself to finally become who you knew you should be. If that makes any sense. Because we're always fed these lines of, well, you should do this and you should do that. And this is how you should act. And this is what you believe in. And this is how, and it's kind of like, you know, this is kind of how we're, um, our, our, our culture is in our environment. And you get to a point where you're like, wait a minute, that isn't who I am. That's not who I want to be. Let me figure it out. And it's accepting all of those things and all of that past and pain and saying, no, you know what? I thank you for that, but I'm going to put you to bed. And now I'm going to be who I really want to be. And that is like the magic moment. And when she said that to me about acceptance, I just sat there and I cried and I thought, why didn't you tell me this like two years ago? Like we could have like, <laughs> we could have sped up the whole process, right. but I needed it. I wasn't ready. It just wasn't time. 
And I can so relate to what you're saying about when, you know, you were the party guy and all that. Not, I'm not the party girl, but in terms of our identity, um, when I sold my salon business, I went through like a thing. I mean, it was rough because we identify who we are with what we do, right? You know, what our work is, what our career is, what our job is. And when I sold my business, man, it was tough because I felt like I didn't know who I was again. And again, I had to accept that part of my life, which I love and cherish, which was being a salon owner. I did it for 11 years and I would not change any moment of it. I met the most incredible people. It was just time for me to move on and, and do um, other things. But I had to accept that part, but then I also had to learn a new me. And this was at 39 years old. You know what I mean? So we're always changing and growing and evolving. It doesn't ever stop. It's not like just when we're 20, 25, 28, like it continues. It yeah. always continues. I love that. Uh, I had to find my new me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like that, you know, but what I've seen since I've known you the longest uh, <laughs> is that, at, you know, up until 29, it was all about, hey, look at me. It's me. It's me. Here I am. And now here we are. It's, you know, your perspective is it's all about you. You're constantly giving. You're constantly putting so many other people before yourselves. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And that's the gift that you have. If you didn't go through any of that, you wouldn't have that gift to give. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. But I, but, and, and Tony can attest to this because we have lots of conversations about this, but I fight that guy every day. Mm. you know, yeah. I fight that, I, I fight that light every day. And there's, and there's, and there's times still today where I fail at that. You know what I mean? Um, thank God that, you know, I'm here to point it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what friends are for, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. That's awesome. And, but, but that, you know what, it's awesome, but it's also true, right? Because sometimes what friends, what, what our friendship is, is sometimes we have to be, we have to be the guardrail for the friendship. You know, like, like Tony and I have lots of conversations, like, you know, even, even vice versa, right? Like, Hey bro, you know, this, 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 this is where you're crossing that guardrail. And, 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 and I know that I appreciate him a lot when he keeps me in my guardrail because I don't want to be represented as something who I'm not, you yeah, know, totally vice versa. Cause he'd be like, we're like, yo, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so dude, I mean, I don't even, uh, we're kind of in the conversation. We kind of got to get out of the conversation. I don't even know how to get in and out of it at this point. I mean, I just, you know, I just, I, well, I'll tell you this, Nate, I, I appreciate this conversation a lot. I appreciate it uh, coming with you, coming from you. Um, Tony, I love you. Love you, bro. So, um, uh, I think we just get out, right? Yeah. Let's just get out. Yeah. Miss Nina, thank you for the tears. Thank you for the real, real, real conversation. Always. And, uh, thank you again for joining us on your day off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey.
Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>